Hello and welcome to our Mr. Robot finale podcast. We have the F Society in the building. We have Andre, mm-hmm. Angie, Erica, me, Lisa, and Ian. Boop, boop. Hello, everyone. Say hello. 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 I like that. That was collective. It's like we <laughs> practice it. We didn't practice it at all. How was y'all's holidays? Are you doing holidays? Are you holiday people? Big family. I'm glad it's over. Yeah. Yeah. It was nice and I'm glad to put it away. House yeah. full of people. Did people have houses full of people? What was going on? Um, we we always did our family Portuguese get together on Christmas Eve, but Christmas was just quiet, low key. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah, we were the same here. We were on one side of the family on Christmas Eve, and they party pretty late. They start their party like dinner time, six p.m., and we party till two in the morning. So they do the whole midnight celebration. No one oh, goes to wow. church. Damn. They oh, no midnight mass. And eat. Nobody's two, three like, in the morning. Nobody's pressing you for like your soul on Christmas, or just letting you be. I mean. Yes, sometimes. Right, but they're not dragging <laughs> you to some candlelight thing to remind you that you're going to hell or something. Yeah. Okay. Sometimes. Erica, what happens at your house? I don't mean to We pry. actually, we had it quiet. It was just us with the puppy. And uh, my brother recently got married, so we're going to do our Christmas Eve with my family on Saturday. Cool. So it keeps oh, nice. on going. Yeah. Fun. That's lovely. And yeah. having new puppies in the house is awesome. What do we do? Yeah. A, barnacle, the, a barnacle to Rami Malik, our couch. Was and it, I was uh, sick of the dog. That's what I did. Yeah. And I think I watched, was it amazing? No, it wasn't amazing race. It I'm was Survivor. To, yeah. I mean, and we'll, we'll get to the podcast. I know you got in here for Robot. Just a little thing that we're into. Like, Ian didn't grow up with TV. So I'm trying to introduce him to classic American reality television. And he'd never seen Survivor or Amazing Race or any of those things. And we want to play video games. So you don't have to pay attention to that stuff, right? So he ended up getting like pretty into season one and season two, and now you know when people say the tribe has spoken and all the stuff. You yeah, get the well, no, I, now. I knew, I, I knew from just being alive and listening yeah. to the news, it's but in the I water. didn't understand what what the the phenomenon was. Sure. So it was it, it was interesting to watch that, you know. And I'm gonna hit um, American Idol. We can't find it anywhere though. I get yeah. Where's gotta that? Find it. Yeah. Where's that? Not even online? They don't no. have anything on Maybe the Fox on YouTube channel? TV. Maybe on the YouTube or well, Fox channel. I didn't cancel YouTube TV fast enough. Erica, we got another month. So okay. um, maybe it's on there. I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. That's 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 what the last one I need to see because I've already I've clocked the Kardashians. I guess Real Housewives. I should check that you out. Watch but that. I I'm, I'm already in that table world. Flipping. You gotta see the Real Housewives. Yeah. Is it New Jersey or New York? That's Somebody tips table flipping is New Jersey. You're like garbage. Whatever. There's a, there's some classics. Yeah. We got Atlanta is the one. Atlanta. It really and is Beverly my Hills. it's my jam. Yeah. yeah, Beverly Hills and Nene Leaks. Just you've got to show up for Nene Leaks. Got to be there for that. Yeah. What about The Bachelor? I can't. I can't I do slave know. auctions. I'm sorry. I I'm not going to judge you guys openly, <laughs> yeah, but I can't do women slave auctions. I'm a feminist. The but closest, you guys roll on. the closest I'll get to that is unreal. That I'm like Wanda TMC Sykes or whatever. I'm like I will watch Bachelor if it's like what Wanda Sykes describes as the guy yeah. holds his dick over your forehead and you gotta <laughs> gotta watch that stand up special. But I know that people love it. I'm not going to show the people that people universally love. But it's a no for me. Yeah, I, that's where I draw. I'm the line. Be I really Cal like. I really like the the dance competition, like reality shows. Like I'm a slut for Dancing with the Stars, so you think you yeah. can dance? I yeah. just really love watching that stuff. I, I only if do they fall down? I'll watch it if people fall down. Do they fall down <laughs> and like break things? I mean, in the odd, I mean, yeah. Then I'll watch it's it. Bound to happen. This yeah. is the only reason I, I watch Jersey Shore for. and Florabama is that there is violence, and just 
uh, embarrassment yeah. that you can't wash away. Alcohol and steroids. Hell yeah. That's what I'm here for. The, the, the it all can't be Mr. Robot. And after this finale, I feel like, um, I don't know. I'm still reeling. The, um, just one last thing on that before we start. The Mass Singer. That's one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that is one is fun. Show. That is so I much fun. Yeah. Also, they need somebody black on that panel because I'm pretty white, but I'm also pretty black if you know me and my upbringing. But I was sitting there, that's Patty LaBelle. That's, you know, whatever. Like, I, you know, I know my black people and people are trying to guess people. I'm like, who are these people on this panel? I mean, I know <laughs> Jenny McCarthy's like an anti vaxxer or something, but she's not stupid. Like, well, you're not here when we're here. Anyway. Uh, but I was really surprised, and I love that show. That show was crack. I was so surprised at how much I loved that show. Yeah. Let's get into Mr. Robot, the finale. Didn't have any fancy last names. Did anybody notice that? Season one, season, the, the, it's just, what is, it, what is it called on there? What does it say on IMDb? It's um, f- uh, uh, finale one I? and finale two. Yeah. Uh, first part is Who Am I? Oh. And then the last part is Hello, Elliot. Elliot. Oh, mm-hmm. shit. My IMDb's late. IMDb now? Okay, one word, and then we're going to get into everybody's take. What's your one word, if you had to do it, gun to your head, uh, of the season, the series finale? Just the one word or phrase. Andre? Um, <laughs> um, I guess I'll say interesting. Angie? Satisfied. Erica? I'll say inside out. Ooh. <laughs> mm. Ian? Do you know, uh, I have to say enjoyable. I enjoyed it. Oh, uh, for me, incontinent. <laughs> <laughs> it made me want to pee, and I literally couldn't keep it in. Uh, that was just the first experience that I had, and then later on it was probably uh, gut-wrenching. Right. Yeah. So let's get mm-hmm. into it. Let's. I, there's no way to really eat this horse, but I have to say that I'm so glad that Sam Esmail got to tell his story. That the network let mm-hmm. him tell the story. I got to tell you, I was talking to my Reddit homies uh, in the middle of the night. Terrible insomnia, and we were talking, and uh, no one saw this coming. I didn't see anybody get this right on Reddit. And if you if you're pretending like you're that bitch, if you're quarterbacking, you know, and saying, "Oh, I saw this coming," you did not see this coming. <laughs> So we all had, I think we were onto something with that Elliot is a program, um, some things like that. But I don't think anybody nailed this. I think you would have had to have been Sam, right? Well, the one thing that y- you had said was that this new personality emerged recently. And you had continued to say that. And I picked up on that really quickly at... Uh, the top of the episode and it just it just got me excited because it it was coming to fruition that it actually was this new personality went right before the show started is the time frame is when this new personality was created i think a lot of us picked up on that it was just like the way he was talking to us the way he was acting and then when we saw the episode when we go back in time and we see when darlene drops by on uh halloween night and she says and it won and she's got the mask and they watch the the careful mask her um that this is the birth of mr robot just like the falling out of the window is the birth of i'm sorry mr robot the the birth of mastermind was that night so I wait, think that's wait, what we the, were all. The birth of Mastermind was that night when they were watching the the flick, and they. Had I the took thing? that to be what that was. You guys, that's my <clears> question <throat> for the group: 
is did I take that right? That on on Halloween night, what I thought was the birth of Mr. Robot was the birth of now we know Mastermind, right? Yeah, I have a question about that too because I that guess so. that makes sense. However, Darlene said when she was talking to Elliot in the in the bed when right at the very end, she was like, "I knew when I came back to town, it wasn't you." I had thought that Mr. Uh, that that the mastermind that character he was already there was already there by the time Darlene came back. Interesting. And that we have <clears throat> never seen the Elliot that we see in that very last scene but, mm. the whole season because I thought that he was locked in the whole time. But I, again, I, I'm not so sure about that. God, the whole locked in thing. I, we got to get to that later. I'm still. I, want, I need a priest. Okay, so. Here's the here's where I th I think for a second that we saw the real Elliot. Y'all y'all tell me if you feel this. When he's sitting on the couch and they're baked out and he's got his head back and he goes, I don't even know what's real anymore. Uh, mm -hmm. and she's doing her little hack about menus and getting the ten dollars off and whatever. I'm thinking like that's the real Elliot that she knows. And they're they're kind of like they're close, yeah. but they're not close. I don't know. I didn't And it then they start talking about whatever and then she gives him the idea. She's his trigger. She hands him the mask, he puts on the robot jacket and he's like, Hmm. So this guy who's like floating along in the world with this trauma that he can't resolve, with these huge rage issues, who's feeling like he's nothing. Rami's described the character as a cog who fades into nothing, now creates what we all want to be, the superhero of our lives to go and right a bunch mm -hmm. of wrongs. Yeah. Is that how, am I interpreting it right? Did I watch the same TV show? Am I just dumb? No, I think we watched the same TV show. You're not dumb. I just, I think it's a question. Because well, I, you answered that. I mean, y'all call me out. If y'all think I'm just stupid and I need to get off this podcast, I will leave. No, I mean, what, what, do, you, what do you think, Erica or Angie? <laughs> I agree with you. I I was actually going mentally through when did we see the real human Elliot throughout this entire series? And one thing is for sure is whenever Darlene is in the picture or in that scene, whether she's not physically there, but in the in the moment is when we actually see the real Elliot most of the time. Definitely, I think the moments when he's breaking down. And crying is when we saw him. I agree with you, Lisa, when he's on the couch and he's completely baked out and just in zoned out. I think that's the real him. And it'll be interesting. I think when Sam Esmail said it'll definitely people will rewatch it. I think that's what he's talking about is everyone's now going to go back and try to find all the little the little moments to identify the different personalities. Yeah. And I'll, I'll be doing the wrap up of this podcast in July when I rewatch it again. Uh, that's how I feel about it. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I don't even know until July. So, but go ahead, Erica, I cut you off. I'm going to, I'm going to, sorry, sorry. Asshole. I was just trying, you know, when you're trying to fall asleep and then all the thoughts start to come. And one of the things that came to me was season three, when Angela's down under that red, uh, barbecue place, the red wheelbarrow barbecue, and he wakes up cause he was robot, right? And yes. then he wakes up. Is that Elliot waking oh, up that's or true. mastermind? That's true. There's yeah, so many times. Yeah. Good, yeah. I'm good, of the yeah. opinion that barring all flashbacks, I don't think we ever see the real Elliot. Because I think, and we find out in this episode, that Mastermind purposefully kept him away from the real world. And even though by the point we end the show, Mastermind doesn't even remember doing this, which I'm still kind of like, okay. Uh, he doesn't even remember creating this world or keeping the real Elliot out. I still feel like that control is there. So I don't think, again, barring all flashbacks and cold opens and whatnot, I don't think we ever really see the real Elliot. 
Yeah. I think it leaks into Mastermind a little bit, but I don't think he's ever fully there. That's interesting. I can also accept that answer. I that's yeah. I'm in that camp. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, that logically timeline, not not even timeline, just you know the words. <laughs> that's what I. That's where. That's what how it, it works for me. Well, now I got to tell you, I really I I appreciated Morpheus, um, Krista, at P Diddy's white party in the good wig, showing up and helping me out. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't know if it was because I was ill that night or just like ill in because of my show was leaving me. My stories were going away, but I like I needed that help. And then I needed Darlene going. Yeah, but most definitely also. And yes. So I feel like I feel like you guys are probably more right with the we hadn't seen him until that little glimpse in the beginning. And then now. Right. Also. So he creates this is something we were figuring out in the uh, the proxy authentication required can't say the word um is that so elliot jumps out the window the kevin McAllister day that creates mr robot because then we see him in the theater he's got the broken arm and he goes you're sick and you don't admit it and then edward alderson either dies or on his way out to meet jesus and then he goes in the thing and he goes into the theater puts on the mr robot thing and says shh right so that's the he creates that sunken place theater room for lack of a better word the place that gives yeah. me the ultimate chills Ugh, i don't like that place yeah it's like the sunken place. y'all gonna have to talk me out of it later i need y'all i need y'all this is what we're meeting this is what we're having this meeting <laughs> so mm-hmm. i feel like so he did create mr robot that day because in the conversation with vera the forced therapy session i i, I was like slipping sideways on that a little bit going is vera saying that he was there before this moment uh, now you just confused me. I'm confused. <laughs> Happens no, a lot. No, I don't. I don't know. I don't think so. But then we also have that that um, cold open of young Elliot and Angela running around and Elliot talking to we can't see. Yeah. Yeah. So is it is that is that young Elliot after his dad has died in the in the theater or before he jumped out the window? Now his his dad. The theater scene where he drops down is is that the real world? Are they really young? Is Which theater scene? The where where um, uh, Mr. Robot drops, and they're. I think that's the real world. That's the so that is real that's Elliot. Ed, that's Edward. physical Elliot yeah. and and Edward at the theater right. in the real world. That's what I took it to mean. Yeah. Yes, because I I was confused about that too because then I thought that little kid was little. Mental Mr. Robot. It just occurs to me that you and I should stop doing morphine in 2020. I know, right? <laughs> not only can we not afford it. It's so expensive, guys. <laughs> West side is the best side. Well, can we can we from here dovetail into the all the personalities reveal? Because I feel like we're, we can branch out yeah, from there. Like, just, yeah. Like I just, yeah. I wrote it down from the episode just so we can like really make sure we know what we're talking about. Okay, so Mr. Robot is the protector, which which Krista says was created the day Elliot fell out of the window. Got it. Okay. Magda is the alter. She's the prosecutor, blaming Elliot for the abuse, insisting that he needed to pay for it. Little Elliot was created to handle the abuse he couldn't tolerate, and Mastermind was created to save the world. He changed Elliot's past to protect his future, no matter the cost, to carry, to carry Elliot's rage. 
and the vigilante hacker Elliot imagined being. He forgot that he was just another personality. And I put us, the audience, in a question mark because I see some people saying that we're also a personality and some people saying, no, that's not, we're not a person. What do you guys think? I I don't We're dumb. I took it as we are another personality. Um, I thought we were called the voyeurs. Are it, we yeah, just the ride along? Yeah. yeah, we are that. that we're riding shotgun. Exactly, we're like that voyeuristic personality. Whatever we we haven't the been voyeurs named. who think we aren't part of it, but we're there the whole time. Exactly. So there's yeah. that disassociative type of I don't know. I like that element of it. I like that take on it. I thought that was very genius. Yeah. Yeah. So I want to I want to skip to Magda really quick because so if if the abuser Magda was to persecute her personality. Then is Dream World Magda what she actually was like, or was she actually an abuser in real life as well? Because Darlene also hates her yeah. for abusing them. I totally so, think that Magda in real life was an abusive parent. Because this this Mayberry RFD <clears throat> of the white shoes, um, the Jimmy Kimmel ready to wear, <laughs> uh, as as Angie so aptly described. <laughs> I think this world that he creates is what he wants to happen. You know, he's got trophies for what by the way oh, i'm distracted anyway what trophies you winning for what being corny anyway so like i think mom is for coding for coding oh, oh yeah. that's right he did get that those those trophies uh. so anyway um <laughs> this is not a tv show but uh to, I, yeah i feel like mom was like just sweet and kind and wonderful and took the hoodie down and she was everything he you know she she let his guard down he could be safe in her space and you know what I mean? I feel like I don't. I feel like real Magda was just a hard smoking, hard driven, badass woman who, like, you know, befriended everybody, but was shitty to her kids and wore that fluffy, nice coat. She had fashion, but she was just a <laughs> shit mom. So to both, both I other saw, parents. I saw a lot of similarity in Dreamworld Magda along with Dreamworld's um, Emily. Like there was a lot of similarity in that personality. And of course, in this dream world, he is envisioning things he relates to in reality. So I feel what we saw in Emily was what he remembered in her. And then he imagined dream world Magna to be more like that. They were just so loving and so caring and a little funny. And I mm-hmm. I kind of noticed uh, what he was wanting for in his mom. Well, also what I, what I found even slightly jarring in this dream world that there are still things that aren't like space safe space appropriate so like if we're talking about emily like this weird passive aggressive relationship between price and emily like what's that about is that mastermind projecting his parents relationship onto them like what what purpose do we think that serves in the dream world i don't know i found that when that was one of the one of the ones that i wrote down and was like what yeah is happening here is this a is this a slipping it's not a perfect world, right? There's a slipping down. That's why we're getting these tremors. There's the real personality trying to come through, and there's this kind of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everything's a little too good and a little too creepy. Also, price creepy. The father dance, the whole whiskey sours dance. I'm like, oh, I prefer my price to be murdery. Thank you very much. <laughs> and why like reminds me of? He reminds me of Bob from Schitt's Creek. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's right. He just walks over. He's like, "Hey, I was I was doing a lot of. I don't like this, bro. Like, why why is there no uh, no Darlene in that world either? Yeah, can somebody explain to me? Tethered to reality, just totem. Uh, Oh, okay. 
That's why that's why he excluded her. Because you see Mr. Robot Mr. Robot's in there. He's the program that's running that's trying to get him out of the Alderson loop, right? Trying to knock him out of that Alderson loop and he's like, If you do this thing, then it's do good or this and blah 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 and what are you doing? And Mr. Robot, you start seeing him like, Do you have to do this Olivia thing? Like, bro, like he's trying to save and put the brakes on things like come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Although yeah. You were the guy who was part of the, you were gung-ho for the cyber bombings and wanted to blow up Steel Mountain. So I don't know why all of a sudden you turned altruistic. But we'll get to mm. Mr. Robot and a bunch of the, the, the things that I'm going to be like, guys have questions part of the, the story. But continue on your path of, of characters. I think you're taking us in a good direction here, Andre. Do you have anybody else that you want to address? Uh, any, anything else on Magda? Anything else on Magda? I was, you know, I, I found was... it weird that she didn't know that Mr. Robot and Real Elliot were meeting for lunch. I, yeah, I noticed that too. I noticed on the second time, I was like, why doesn't, why does she make him a sandwich if she knows that, or maybe she doesn't know? I think he says he's just going into the city because he's going to get that book for Angela. So maybe he left that part out for some reason. I don't know. I, I don't know. I was kind of confused with that too. Small thing, but it's just something I noticed. Um, So when, I mean, we almost kind of touched on it, but. Do we think there's any specific point in which Little Elliot was created? Was yeah. it in that movie theater that he was created when he's like, sh the movie is starting, like he's talking to the other altars? Like, I had a question about Magda and, and Little Elliot all along. In the pilot, uh, when he's, I call it the Simpson cry in the corner, um, <laughs> when she's abusing him at the table, like they've been riding along with us the entire time. I'm not even uncertain that I'm not even I, I really believe it might have been Magda who dressed down Bill. Um, <clears throat> it, oh. You know, I mean, I feel like that would have been like her forte. I feel like that was her. We see her right before the elevator bank. And I'm like, oh, is that what Magda was doing this entire time? Like that you pull her out to like be a, just an asshole. Uh, was Magda standing in the doorway after Olivia's attempted suicide? I mean, you know. Um, again, I'm going to be rewatching this thing for a long time, but I was just having all these things about like, we've been seeing them, but th then in season four, when they show up and he's ODing from the heroin thing, I'm like, okay, what's happening? Why is she here? Why is she in a pantsuit? I'm so confused what's going on. And I still don't know where to place everybody because the thing about child actors is having to cast them. So it's conveniently phase shifted on us because the actors are different because kids grow up. Yeah. I didn't answer your question. I posed more questions. That's what I'm here for. Hey. <laughs> well, I mean, one more thing on Magda. We still don't know what was in that box at the bank. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Right? Yeah. One of my questions. Thank you. Oh, good point. What was in it? It know. just came, it just came to me. No, it's all my quest. My my. This is all my <laughs> questions. <laughs> Along with when do they find Tyrell's body? Spring. Anyway, so. Family goes in the woods to have a you know a picnic. There's Tyrell. <laughs> He's thawing oh out. Look, a beautiful coat. Um, That'll be in the extended novelization of right? the comic book. I was like, so what was the significance? What was the thing? You know, I feel like, do you guys feel like sometimes with this finale, the whole show felt universal to us, who, Mary Band of Brothers and Sisters and others who came <laughs> along to enjoy it, and that's why we found each other. I mean, the beauty of, the, of this show is, first of all, I found it to be groundbreaking. I think it changed TV forever, and I appreciate the fact that we're all here together experiencing this. We found each <laughs> other. We found this show, and that's been the experience. It's like with Twin Peaks. It's like with Firefly. Uh, so many other shows I've been 
that just were their unto their own selves. Yeah. And then here at the end, I had this feeling, and why I think I had an initial kind of almost it was a negative reaction, but it was a bewildered reaction. Was that I felt like this experience was deeply personal to Sam himself, and and I would probably not have felt as strongly about that had I not heard this interview with Sam that he had. It was it Fresh Air, Angie. He was on Fresh Air with Terry Gross or somebody, and he was saying some stuff, and I was like, I don't know who this guy is at all. And I feel like when I started knowing a little bit more about Sam and his background, I feel like a lot of this stuff is deeply, deeply personal. All art projects and all art is personal. Uh, but I felt like we were living in a shared world where we were all, you know, aha, we relate and mastermind, you know, as we knew what we thought was Elliot. And now we're in the specific world where like, I, it's not that I'm confused. I'm seeking to understand. And I think I need to sit with it so much longer to get the meaning there because it's not bubbling up for me as naturally as the other things would after a few viewings. Yeah. Or I'm just inherently dumb and uh, you got to get off the morphine. What, what, when you were saying that, it, what, what, made, what just came to mind was, you know, as we were talking about that other personality that's there just to watch, if I look at it in a way of, okay, that is, who, that is, my, that is my purpose as the viewer, to not know what really is going on, and to have those spaces of lapses of, of memory, then I'm totally fine with that, if that's what you want me to be. Um, but coming to the end of this, I was not signed up to be that viewer. I wanted the story. And I felt a little bit uh, gut-punched because I invested some time into to something that I don't want to say I, I wanted it to be a certain ending, but I thought it was going to get, have an effect, or uh, I was going to feel a certain way at the end of it, and I never, it never came to fruition. I think one of the scariest things that people said um, when they were being asked to, to wrap this up, you know, before it aired, was like, I think Rami said it, Christian said it, and I don't know who else said it. You know, you're going to feel satisfied, and 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 I love that Angie said she felt satisfied. But I think it's dangerous to promise to your audience what they're going to feel. People are going to always yeah, feel about art I the agree. way they're going to feel, and I think it was dangerous yeah. to tell people that they were going to feel satisfied because I don't feel that. I feel like he got to tell his story. I'm satisfied that Sam got to tell his story in a network that let him tell it. Um, and I, I said I was going to accept his mm -hmm. ending. I accept it. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, I'm still kind of uncovering how I feel about it. I didn't hate it. I didn't super love it. I don't know what I feel. But I feel like that promise of satisfaction was, was kind of not smart on anybody's part. And, and especially it came out in that whole time of the, the uprising of the Game of Thrones and how that ended. Yeah. And I remember watching an interview with, with Rami about it and he was talking and he had this sort of you know that, that that little sly smirk in his on his face and his and I think he was referencing we're not going to do that to our fans and I think they didn't I think oh they didn't yeah I mean I think what they did was they but created, I'm not that Game of Thrones fan so. I, I'm not that Game of Thrones fan either but I think they they created something that I think the majority of people are going to enjoy the, the what I think he might have been high on some, you so, know, you yeah. saying Rand perfume, so we don't know what's going on. Here's what Oscar I find Winter's got a lot of shit going on, y'all. So, yeah, I'm sorry. What? Here's what I find interesting about it. I don't, I haven't seen anyone say that they flat out hate it, and I think that's a testament to what the show 
has managed to to give its audience over its four season run. And I think it's an uh, it's an interesting case study in the way that television is changing and the relationship between audiences and the media itself. I feel like with any show, by the time you get to the end, there are questions that are meant to be posed and never answered. And we should we we were meant to be okay with that. But then there are other things like, for example, like Magda's box, it's not entirely essential to our understanding of the show. But it's a question that was left unanswered, yeah. which leads to to the uh, the sculpting and the scope of a bigger world that's going on besides that the story that we're telling. Game of Thrones is a good example of this. We we didn't know any, we didn't learn anything about the Night King, the Cersei prophecy. This, but in the end, it didn't matter. I feel like with me with this finale, and I've rewatched it three times now, and I feel better about it than my first watch initially, because um, by the end of it. And I've I've said this to you guys off off uh, off air, but emotionally I was in all of the right places with the the idea of the show ending and and I you know the hello Elliot and like you have to let go too. I was feeling all of the yeah. emotional stakes of that, yeah. but by the end of it, I started questioning how I felt about it narratively. And as I asked more and more questions, I felt that the emotions I was feeling were cheapened by the fact that narratively it wasn't what i was expecting and we can get that's a whole other podcast episode about how expectations affect your your feelings about something ending absolutely but and we'll get into it more but i feel like it's also dangerous to say that some things don't matter in the end and we can get into it now this whole idea about why rose's machine i mean look you can totally argue that it doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's about Elliot, albeit not even really Elliot, just another personality. But with this machine that's been in in the background for four seasons, and it played a part in leading one of our char- main characters, Angela, to completely do a, a 180, which ultimately led to her death. Like I feel like it does have some credence to the the overall plot if it has such a massive effect on everything that's going around it i mean the latter half of this season was about stopping the machine so i don't i'm i'm still grappling with it i liked the ending for what it was but it's not something that i felt completely satisfied with does anybody have any thoughts I'll get about off that my angie do you want to go you want to like tell us <laughs> Take us into your world. Take us into how you're feeling about this. Well, I also have watched the finale several times. And what I am sucked into the most is this whole storytelling of people that have DID. And visually watching Sam Esmail try to portray what that's like has really really got me like I'm very curious and um I don't know if I if I know anybody who has it who's dealing with that on a real life basis um but just the way that it's been articulated and of of somebody who is dealing with that and and the family members and the people around them how to how they deal with a loved one who has DID um that's what that's kind of where my focus has been um and then everything that we've seen visually on the screen are all just kind of the events and the moments that all, because at the end of the day, they're all Elliot. 
whether their personalities or, or, or flashback or whatever, it's mm-hmm. still Elliot. It's still that one person. And so I don't, I, I can't explain it. It's just, I've been, I'm following the journey of this human being, this person who just so happens to have five, four or five different personalities in him and really trying to understand him as a person and what it's like to go through something like that and have people around you try to support you and try to deal with it as well. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I, what's settled with me. And um, I guess I'm satisfied in the sense that we did get, we did get a lot of the things very, very much clarified, like with Krista from the white party and uh, Darlene, basically them really visually showing like, I am real. And obviously when they're holding hands or they're touching, you know, that's his totem, you know, that's real life, what's happening. So that was very satisfying to me. Um, but yeah, I'm also very curious, like Magda's box and, you know, what, what really went down with, uh, um, with the, was it a time machine? What, what really was it? Um, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm really just really taken in with the whole DID, the storyline of that. Can we start a petition to make Mag- Magda's box like a band? <laughs> Magda's box. Magda's box. Who would you have would... that? Who, who can sing in that whole group of people? Christian can sing. He could be the, he could be the lead singer. We know it's not going to be Rami, but he can <laughs> harmonize. Uh, what, did, what did you think about it, Erica? Yeah, Erica, like take us into your um, world. Like, where are you? Where sure. were you? Where you land? What's all your thoughts? Let's go. I'll tell you the truth. When I first watched it, I felt like I wanted that jaw dropping, you know, just that exciting. Oh my gosh, this is how it ends. And I feel it was very eye opening, but it wasn't jaw dropping. And I had to watch it a full second time through, and that's when I came to realization what was happening. You know, that Elliot was finally realizing in that hospital bed he's not Elliot. And he looked at his, you know, his band, his name and his sister holding his hand and realizing I have to let this person live. And it just kind of hit me then like a ton of bricks. And that's when I felt like this was the perfect ending. Everything came full circle. Everything was answered except for the little things that the nitpicky ones of us that pay attention to details wanted answered. And I read an article that actually mentioned the machine being something like the sliding pod doors. It was something in the back to kind of focus on to keep you distracted while the rest of the story was really being told I until mean, you could get to that ending. Absolutely. I agree with that. Keep going. I'm sorry. I was just going, Oh, yeah, shit. that's it. That's it. <laughs> I want to take, uh, Angie's take a step further that while I, th- I think yes, DID and, and how it affects people and how it affects people diagnosed with it is at the forefront of the show. I want to take it a step further and just say, I think the show is all also all about just trauma in general and how it affects not only Elliot, but how it affects White Rose and and Angela and Darlene and all of these people, even Vera, all of this different spectrum of trauma. And, and the I trauma do they think all trauma... created for Krista. Thank y'all. Yeah. <laughs> On Christmas. She's just doing Christmas. her job. Yeah. Just doing her job. Um, no, just this this spectrum of trauma that I, I think to to some degree I think we all experience in, in this life. Um, and I, and I want to clarify my statements is, uh, I feel like the show is so incredibly nuanced in how it does everything, even my nitpicky things about it and how it, it works and ends narratively from like a, a strictly tech technical and analytical standpoint. I'm still grappling with it. That doesn't gloss over the amazing acting and the amazing music, the amazing yeah. thing oh that God. this show has been for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just want to clarify 
fight that going forward because I, I you can have it both ways you can be critical and you can also love it in many ways i think it was a perfect ending i and in many ways i think it could have it could have you know taken another step um but yeah that's that's just how i feel about it you know just just to you know sort of piggyback on that you know going from what angie was saying about this the journey you know the journey has like i said that's what i meant when it was enjoyable i mean some of these these uh these performances i mean not just from the leads but like you know names that i never heard of i never heard of grace gummer before this and you know even though she's meryl streep's daughter um you know then you have like gloria rubin all these characters the guy who played cisco and all of them these strong characters michael dreyer michael dreyer all these wonderful performances uh cannavale um, Janice, um, it's just Ashley Atkinson. Ashley yeah. Atkinson, just phenomenal. <laughs> Michael Christopher. It was just a cast. Well, even BD Wong. BD yeah. Wong, he, yeah. The characters that he's played in the show were just really far from anything else he's done. I, have I was to rewatching say, the White Rose monologue this morning. I'm like, man, we're we're it's gonna be a while before we see something like that again. It yeah. was gorgeous. I mean, and just Matt Quayle and this crew and how they had to gorilla shoot it and they were losing daylight. That that the episode with the Wonner you know? Yeah, the wonders. Like, the several we watch wonners. that now when we're trying to pick up Rami Yusuf popping those. up in the middle of the show and now getting his own Emmy nods. <laughs> yeah. Like, just, and, you know, mm-hmm. Stephen Lynn showing up to munch on a hamburger three times, you know, it was still <sighs> awesome. He was my avatar on, on some social media thing for exactly. a while. You know, that was the coolest thing. <laughs> the growth of Carly Chaikin is yeah. one of the things that really stands oh, yeah. out yes. to me because yeah. she came into yes, this yes. from Suburgatory, Suburgatory, whatever. I didn't watch mm-hmm. that show. I ain't even going to bother saying it. But she came into this as someone that I would have never even I would have bounced on it if I had seen that and I think Sam was going to bounce on it too but hats off to I think it's Susie Figgis who who brought her in and insisted hey you know let's do this and by the season four the chops are there that that girl grew so much and because the show anchors on her you guys went to Tribeca we're like where's this person where's that person and we were talking about this is all about the Aldersons well now the joke's on me it was the Alderson loop uh, but she was the one who got him in it she was the person who got him out of it and she had to carry the story she had to carry Sam's entire story in that last moment she's the last thing we see before we go to black and I think she more than rose to the task and just Agreed. hats off to Carly. Yep. I think she was amazing in this. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, y'all got time for some questions. <laughs> I mean, is everybody, I want everybody to have their say fully. There's no time limit on this podcast. If you're a Mr. Robot fan, you've been with us the entire season. Uh, we're not going to cut this off. So is anybody have any more? We're going to have more things to say, but does anybody need to say their a little bit more of their piece or whatever before we go forward? I, I noticed something talking about nitpicking i noticed that when in this dream world when hoodie elliot mastermind goes in and he's looking at magda's curtains and they're pink they're this dusty pink and it's very clear and then she says one small change what does she say one small change can change the whole room or change the whole world and then you go into angela's apartment and everything's also pink. So what is the significance of this dusty rose pink? I do not even understand it. Um, it's one of the many things I'll be contemplating 
It's probably buried. I, you know what it probably is? You have to listen to a sound tone buried in season two at the end of the credits, <laughs> and then you have to decipher that that takes you to a website that then sends you down a rabbit hole, and then you just get to qualify for a T-shirt. I, def- I, I did think- my third cipher on one of those on Reddit in season one, and I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. I'm like, I'm like Santiago going, I have to figure out this fucking code. Yeah. Then he got hacked to death <laughs> yeah, exactly. in the woods, so I'll probably get hacked to death, to death now. So, by fan. Oh, if Santiago. I really want to put my tinfoil hat on, I think the dusty pink is a dilution of the red of the real world. Oh, damn. Snap. Somebody went to film school. You know how like red always pops up in very thematic Uh situations and like when the machine blows up and it feels red. I feel like the red mixing with the white of this dream world and seeing how the the different worlds are sort of merging. If I really want to stretch it. (laughs) I love it. No, he's been playing with color, like red. You know, when when Elliot walks into and Mastermind walks into the Sunken Place Theater, which I do not want to visit. Um, there's the red door. There's a the blue hallway. There's the red phone. There's the uh, he's just there's, throwing it at you. So and then there's all this white, right? White. All the white cars, yes. Kristen. And then yes. when everybody's yeah. in a pre. When Angela and Elliot do that back to back on the yes, door thing, red and black. Yeah, yeah. I'm buying this completely yeah. and wholeheartedly. Yeah. Thank you. I think that answered the question. I'm accepting that. I'm not taking any other answers. Um, <laughs> I think, oh, go ahead. Does anybody else have, I mean, it's not going to just be the me show for the rest of this. Just hop in. Let's, this is a free for all. Let's go. Um, I also have a tinfoil thing as well. So this weird, first of all, I am going to just send Sam Esmail my therapy bill for making me look at that weird ass Christian Slater CGI. <laughs> I wanted to die. <laughs> The Malkovich uh, oh, thing. Yeah. I I was a ch- I, was I was jarred. Like, I need to go. I was I need, jarred, I but not. It. I was like, <laughs> I think you sent to our group test. Like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, being with John Malkovich and everybody else who hasn't seen being John Malkovich. I loved that movie. We're like, dude. And I was like, I got it. Totally got it. But no, I. <laughs> But the but as I was watching that sequence and I was rewatching it, I I've kind of pieced together that in in my opinion, it's kind of like a retrospective of the series. So there's four main things that happen. So the first thing is this weird Christian Slater, Mr. Robot CGI, and him saying, "I'm not going anywhere, kiddo." Okay, that's season one. Season two, we hear the sound of prison alarms and a jail cell closing. Oh, yeah. Elliot being in jail. Followed by Tyrell shooting Elliot, which is how the season ends. Mm-hmm. Season three, this one is a little bit weird, but this countdown by this oh, yeah. by this voice maybe is counting down to the 72 buildings exploding. And then season four, we hear that scream again mm-hmm. from the Woods episode. And at first I thought it was just in the music. I thought it was a sound design thing, but it was, it was the yeah. actual scream that they kept hearing in the woods. So it was like almost this weird retrospective of the of the show in this weird montage. I sequence. loved it. I, I th- I've heard about the scream in the woods. I've heard that it's an Icelandic deer. I think it's Stephanie Cornelison going, why did you waste my entire story arc? Um, <laughs> that's just going to stick with that. I think that's just her, you know, yelling at Sam like, fuck yeah! <laughs> Um, I did. What did White Rose show, Angela? I don't know, because <clears throat> it obviously changed. She her. brought the fish back to life. Yeah, and it kind of sort of worked on Elliot a little bit. Rest in peace, Cordy. 
Um, yeah. And Joanna, the storyline with Joanna confused me. I know Tyrell has to be hooked up to someone. We spent a lot of time with her. I felt like that ran off a cliff. I don't know what was happening there. Am I missing something? That felt like weird. I love that character. It was so fully formed and thought out and there was a BDSM and and then Well, I remember when I was first watching it, I was like, oh, like Joanna and White Rose gonna team up. Like dynamic duo style. Yeah. I thought that's what that's where she was going. Cause she was she became such a main player and she was so like cunning and smart and manipulating right? all these situations. And then I don't it, like she was like so like I took it as like she was the key to unlocking Tyrell. So I'm like, so Absolutely. how do I understand Tyrell? Let's go and then oh. So when we find her conclusion, I'm like, oh I I, I never understood I, Tyrell. I mean what I don't want never is understood her Tyrell. Death. What I don't want is her death just to be a means to advance Tyrell's character. <laughs> like, that's what I don't want. That really kind of bothered me that no. if that were true. And I was like, is that what he's saying? Because Tyrell's obsession with Elliot, I'm still having to break it down. People have explained it to me many times. I don't understand his obsession. But and then this, Elliot tries to kill him. You do the same thing with, with Romero. <laughs> Why is that death? Yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of, I mean, and these are not even nitpicking. They're just like, I need to, I need to go to Sam's house and uh, bring him his favorite. I don't know what he's eating these days. Kale smoothie. And, and ask him questions because I'm like, bro, though, but seriously, man, I don't know if these questions are answerable. If you guys have answers, please let me know. Um, I never understood. I really hope there's a commentary on the DVD. Mm, there yeah. better be. Whatever that didn't understand yeah. the full point of Angela. I know this is an unpopular opinion. No, no offense to Portia. I think she's a hell of an actress. She, she did her job. But she was all over the place the entire time for me. She was a slippery Swedish fish. And I was just like, what's up with her? Who is she? And, you know, is it because I think she was slated to be the love interest. And then Portia, the actress, came in and said, I don't just want to be like the love interest. But ultimately, if you see his ending, that's where she ended up being. Mastermind was so set on like fighting not to get back into Elliot's head. He was just straight up going to marry this girl, crooked Oscar tie and all. I, I can't even get that's a whole nother podcast about what was going on with there with two non two blondes. But anyway, like I was over here going, this is so heartbreaking, but she did end up kind of being this is not an accusation. She kind of felt a little furniture esque to me. Um I'm also not ready to let go. So when we got to the moment when he says, this only works if you let go, I'm not ready to do it, Sam. You can't make me. Um, I've spent four years with him. It broke my heart. I don't like him going into the sunken place. Kind of fuck you, dude. Um, this guy did all that, and now you're shoving him back into this dude's mind. And I understand that real Elliot has to go around and walk around in the world. He'd probably crack out and end up in an institution or something. But... <laughs> But I just the two things that are unsettling with me is that you're stuck in he's in the sunken place, right, with his, you know, altars in the family way after doing all of that. Also, real Elliot's going to come up out of this shitty hospital. And I don't know what that world's going to be like. Like, will you ever get over the trauma of the 3000 people? Is that is that the few eggs that I, you crack to save the world? I mean, yeah, jail. I would love to go over. I would love to go over really quickly just the implications of what real Elliot is gonna have to. <laughs> it's gonna have besides to, just some random yeah, black dude through. walking to you on the street and so, going, "What's up, Elliot? Remember that time I killed all them uh, those Aryan dudes <laughs> in prison?" He'll be like, "I'm sorry, who are you?" Anyway, or running well, into Olivia. It's like Starbucks. Oh, yeah. 
awkward yeah so any and like any reasonable person i made a pros and cons list um, <laughs> so the typical of, andre so Elliot, so you guys Elliot weren't here for the ro- you weren't here for the game of thrones podcast where you get did you guys listen to any of those okay. no no, no. welcome to the party here we go <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so so elliot wakes up and darlene gives him the sheet of paper and it's the pros and cons of, of what you missed and so the pros being so the bourgeoisie are gone love that top one percent is you know biggest redistribution it's of wealth garbage. love that yeah mm-hmm. uh white rose isn't a threat anymore great and he has a better relationship with darlene unfortunately i couldn't find anything past that <laughs> so i so i started the cons and i'm like okay Let's break it all down and unpack it and then put it back before we have to think about it more. Um, so a year of his life has gone by. Cool. His mom died. Still don't know how we feel about that. The Dark Army still probably poses a threat. I don't know if they all died in that meltdown. I don't know. We don't know where the Dark Army is at right now. They're Chinese. Um, Do you know how many Chinese people are probably in the Dark <laughs> Army? Is, did they shut down China? Okay, go ahead. Um, He doesn't know about the abuse from his dad, so he's probably going to have to grapple with that again. Oh, my God. Um, And because of one of his alters, Shayla and Angela are dead. He killed thousands of people, and that building collapsed. He has a criminal record. (laughs) The FBI are still probably after him after the virtual realty Dom's going to get rested up and come back to town, (laughs) y'all. He's like, I came back from Budapest. I learned a couple of things. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, and yeah, and so I don't feel I love that people were feeling hopeful about this new world that Mastermind has created, but I, I just couldn't get past the the real life implications of what that real Elliot has to go through. I'm worried about I don't my know. Boy. I mean, what do you I'm worried got, about my boy? He's my boy, man. I'm worried about my dude, whether he's Mastermind or Robot or Magda or Little Elliot. I am so concerned about this dude and you're asking me to casually let go. And I'm sitting over here going, what the actual fuck? Now, I didn't need him to be standing on the sidewalk with Krista's phone number on his phone finna call her to like sort this out. But this was the unsettling thing. I mean, I'd be up in his eyeball with a tear running down my face too going, this is only the beginning of just some fucked upper than shit, you know, kind of thing. So that ledge I have to be talked down from. So y'all help me. Please help me, y'all. Please have hope. Please help me get off this ledge. Because that's where I'm, I'm perched right there. Thoughts, Erica? I don't help know. A, I mean, help a sister out? I can't let go either. I don't think I ever will let go of Elliot or the Mastermind. I'm going to watch it all over again. <laughs> yeah, I can't. There's just a lot that he's going to have to carry. And I, for some people, and I'll probably get there eventually. I'll probably be like, okay, cool. It just, I wasn't ready. And I don't think I was emotionally ready for whatever was going to happen. Like I said, I accept it. Doesn't mean that I had to like it or accept it or whatever. I'm kind of all over the place with where I am right now with it. But I was just like, the shit that this dude's going to have to carry. And you put him in a soft, white, fluffy cage that... I feel like that's even more jarring to come out of into, hey, dude, you murdered thousands of people. Start there. You had a girlfriend. She died. You had a one-night stand. We'll skip that for now. Like, I feel like 
there's just a lot of shit. And then what I walk away from is I really hope that Sam Esmail, uh, that Emmy got him a good therapist, like a good one. Like a well, and this is one. what I mean by by you know the more I begin to think about the implications, the the less uh, real the emotions felt. It almost it was almost oh, kind of like I was placated a little bit, like be like, yeah, but it's but it's okay because it's the end of the show and like you don't have to worry about it anymore. I'm like, but I do though. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like I don't think I'll stop thinking about it. I don't know. What do you guys feel? Like? I don't think I'm going to be doing much thinking about it. <laughs> he, he, was like, was I'm bad. he was bad. I'm good. I saw the end of it. I'm good. I enjoyed it. You made a great. We were talking about Journey this was yesterday. Great. You were talking about the Americans. I don't know if you guys had watched the Americans, but what, watching the crazy shit that goes on in that show, I'm not going to spoil any of it for you in case you want to watch it. You're watching like, how are these two fucking people? This is what I was saying about Elliot like a couple episodes ago. Like, how's this dude going to walk around in the world? <laughs> Still asking that question. But on the Americans, like, how are these fucking people going to like live? Obviously, these two people are going to get shot in the face. I mean, come on. There's no way you can pull all this shit. And then the show does this really unexpected thing and you end up landing in like the craziest place ever. But you're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It was satisfying, heartbreaking, terrifying, all the things. And I thought that's where I was going to land with Robot. And I'm probably going to get there. I'm not saying I'm not. I This thing is an onion within an onion within an onion. And I got to sit down and like let it. Yeah. You know what Percolate. I mean? It's probably all there. And I'm just, I, I'm not. It's probably because I'm also emotionally in denial about a show that I've loved and I know that not, it's not going to come along um, to again, real soon, maybe never like this. This is how I felt about a couple of shows that, that never happened again. They've never, there's never been another Northern exposure. There's never been like that first season of Firefly. There's never been that first season of Buffy, you know, there's shows that it's like, Oh, well that's done. And I don't want anybody to tell me it's the next, don't tell me the Witcher's the next game of Thrones or whatever. Like fuck off. Just let the thing be the thing. And I'm not yeah. ready to let this go yet, so I feel like that's why I'm not absorbing this finale so well. Also, not solid foods right now, but that's a personal issue. <laughs> so, but I'm glad that I shared it with you guys. I mean, I made friends out of this. I made friends with Angie. I made friends with Erica. You know, I drug uh, Andre face first into it, uh, kicking and screaming in the 11th hour. He's like, I'm ca I've caught up. This show is fun. And uh, what the fuck is happening? And then you've been along, always my ride or die homie, like from the very beginning. And and I totally respected your response to it. The know? journey, the, in this in this in this regard, the journey was definitely better than the expect or the destination for me. Yeah. The journey was amazing. Loved it. Sure. Absolutely. And loved I don't it. feel like I've wasted my time or anything. Not at all. Um, I don't feel that at all, you know. I just think it's I for me it's just a very interesting case study in how how I mean this show really has changed. And I can't wait for, you know, in a couple of years from now where when when people finally find the show. And it like yes. resurfaces again and we'll be able yeah. to have the, these these conversations. And I would love to see what people that are able to watch it in a condensed amount of time instead of four years, mm -hmm. how they how they feel about it. And maybe and I totally understand. I feel like with every rewatch, I feel a little bit better about the finale. And then maybe I'll feel even better about it once I rewatch the whole thing in context. I mean, just rewatching Exit. 
I was watching it completely differently, knowing that this was Mastermind and not Elliot. Like, it changes every episode. I will say, to Sam's credit, every episode managed to recontextualize the show in a, a small way or a big way. And I think that's just really interesting, a really interesting way to structure and write your show. I don't know. That was just really interesting to me. To Angie's point about the DID aspect of it, I don't know anyone with DID. I don't know anything about the topic. I'm very curious as to know how it's being received by people who have DID or, or associated in this field. Like, I feel like he's doing something very specific with that. Um, and I had the same... I was touched by what you said about how this person is having to even function. And I'm, I'm even doubly worried because this is a person who this DID didn't clear up in the hospital, you know, it right. comes to, I was struck by, by the way, on the way to that, Darlene can't say she loves mastermind. Mastermind says, I, I love you. And she can't say it back because she doesn't know this dude that crushed me. That was the beginning of the many crushing boulders. Um, but then just this, this person with DID and I'm still, I think I need to understand it even more now. I need to Meisner Rami Malik myself into a corner and get myself associated with it for that context. Because what you said really moved me of like, how are you functioning? You know, because well, for people, this is say, not a, yeah. this is not a narrative device in their life. They're having to function with it. So yeah. I was really right. moved by and, and just it crushed me that Mastermind doesn't want to go back in. He's magnificent and glorious, and Elliot has a voice, and he's exact real change on the world. Oh, he's fucked a lot of shit up, but he's done. He is the hero, not the villain, as the train subway station poster tells us. He's the the hero of his story now, and he did stuff that will he'll never brag about it. That only Elliot and she'll know about it. The only ones to live to tell outside of Leon and Dom. You think that can, they're gonna they're gonna celebrate Christmas together anyway? So I feel like <laughs> this whole thing is just still crushing me in waves. And and as you guys say things, and as as my other friends on Reddit say things, I'm just like, huh. And then I spin for about an hour. I'm, I'm I think it's that. absolutely I think it's absolutely incredible that on the show's part that DID was never painted as an affliction or an evil narrative device. It's a real thing that people go through because of things that happen to them and their trauma. And I think again it, it spans past DID just mental illness in general. I mean, this show has has dealt with so many topics in a way that shows either shy away from or completely miss the mark. Thirteen reasons why. Um, in and it's mm. it's completely, I think again groundbreaking, and I can't wait for people to find it again. Um, I was interested by the end of the show. I was like, okay, is it a real thing for people with DID to? for one of their alters to take control for that long. And apparently in some very mild forms of DID, the host can be present for extended periods, periods of time up to years without ever allowing an alter to take the forefront. Wow. Yeah. And, and in That's doing my research about DID and this can lead into a discussion about the dream world. Cause I feel like there's a lot to talk about there, but I couldn't really find if this, personality disorder has any ties to DID, but for some reason it just showed up in my results for DID. Um, there's this disorder called fantasy prone personality, 
which is a just it says uh, from Wikipedia is a disposition or a personality trait in which a person experiences a lifelong and extensive deep involvement in fantasy. Those with fantasy prone personality can also have a disorder called paracosm, which is when someone creates an extremely detailed and structured fantasy world. Like the one where uh, Rami Malik is my husband. Just kidding. <laughs> That's what Lisa has. That's what I but have. I, I, I got that. Can I get a note from my doctor for that? <laughs> no, I'm not trying to make fun of it. Please, nobody come for me. I'm not trying to disparage that. Uh, that's incredible. Yeah. I don't know anything about this. Uh, I don't know anything about that. That's And again, this probably was going on in informing this character. Hmm. Yeah. Blowing me away. I have a really and important... And so I think, I think if, if we're bringing that into context, and if I had to give to, an answer to what Riot Rose's machine is, I swear I'll stop talking about it at some point, but I'm just stuck on no, it. No, don't, no, I feel no, like, it's fine. About it. <laughs> I feel like if I, have, if I had to give an answer to what the machine was, I feel like, and we've kind of touched on this, we've kind of, you know, been in the same court of thinking... I feel like White Rose knew about this, about this paracosm that people have, and I feel like she was trying to find a way to replicate it in real life. Mm. I think that's that's where I just have to end with it at the end of the show. We <laughs> still I got, we got theories in it, the 11th hour. I'm loving this. I'm loving that <laughs> we're just about to be done with this, and then you're just, you're just sliding in with, by the way, BT dubs. <laughs> no, I buy it. What am I saying on buying anything at this point? No, but I do. Re- I really do appreciate that take on it thoroughly. My questions are so dumb all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I have- also, f- I think you know. The more I think about it, I think while we can be a little annoyed and, and nitpicky about the questions that weren't asked, I mean, this show has always been about us asking questions and theorizing. So in a way I kind of like it that that's where Sam left us because it's been, it's been a novelty with, with the show and if, and there's no fandom that theorizes and, and, and postulates as much as we do. So I think it's exactly where I'm going to land with it, that it was left to, to, to be ponderous. I think I was just, I just needed more closure than I got and I needed, I needed more hugs on the way out the door and I'm not ready to say goodbye to Mastermind. Uh, he's our homie. He our boy. Um, I felt like I felt like I was cruising along and having a good time, and then Krista snuck in the room and just shivved me in the back. Um, well, with with all of that in mind, I mean, let's let's get into this dream world because I'm still finding it a little confusing as to how this dream world works. Because there's, I mean, like. I don't know if Mastermind is subconsciously, like, updating it. Because, like, I mean, he doesn't know Dom or Price by the time he makes this world. And they're in that world. So I don't know if there's, it's like a software update or something. Like, I don't know it has if to be. we're going along with this program. And, and how long has he known that Price is uh, Angela's dad? Yeah. I mean, it's a big one for me. I'm like, he has to be updating this constantly. Because he doesn't know this. He hasn't known There's for no, a yeah. year. There's he no just found this out. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the dream world was very... Also, as much as I appreciated what happened in the dream world, we all know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to relive last episode. But I feel like I don't... It just it made me very uncomfortable. It's almost like I can't watch it. Like, I, 
I don't know why I'm rejecting this world so much. I just don't. He made me believe in Mastermind's world so thoroughly that I just I don't like living in that world. I'd rather live in yeah. the ALF episode than like live in this world. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Take me back to the prison or Magda's box or her living room or wherever the hell. But I just didn't. It creeped me out so badly. But it was also, mm-hmm. can I say something about the dream world that on my fourth watch was that it felt very cynical. The veneer of it felt cynical. Like, oh, he works for the Geek Squad. Oh, I'm using a Mac. Oh, my room is basic bitch blue with the trophies. <laughs> and then, you know, I just felt like he was... There was a layer of cynicism on it that... And I was trying to read into what is Sam saying about perfect worlds, that they're not so perfect, obviously, blah, blah, blah. And then I got thrown for a loop when Andre was talking about the muted red being the pink and I'm like oh shit there's a danger to this there's a watered down danger to this is this the world that Elliot will really want for himself I had said a couple of episodes ago that I wanted I didn't want this it was the last episode an exit I didn't want this corny ass world for um, Elliot I wanted the guy that we know to walk out of this valley and live and survive, you know, and I still very much want that guy to live. And I found myself accepting the fact that he was probably going to get killed at some point. Cause again, you know, he's done a lot of harm You know, everybody mm-hmm. else has paid for their sins. Terrell mm-hmm. murdered uh, Sharon Knowles on that rooftop. Um, Vera, you know, Vera, Vera stabbed ra- in the back. well, Vera raped Shayla. Yep. And um, killed, you know, had a bunch of other people. Had a bunch killed, of so. probably half of the Dominican Republic. It sounds like, no. um, you know, people committed some crimes on here that they'd be climbing. So I felt like this guy's going to pay. But I think his worst. I think what Sam was saying is that his prison sentence is, you know, he's out of prison now, but he's going to walk around and carry this weight. And that just kind of, I think that's what I, I'm having a hard time dealing with is that he has to pay for it all over again. I'm struggling with this. So coming out of the dream world that was cynical. To this, now that I'm thinking about it, should we call and check on Sam Esmail? Is he okay? Let's <laughs> make his phone number. Let's call his house. I'm deeply disturbed by this dude. I like that. It's like the mind of David Lynch. I've long been fascinated by the mind and the art of David Lynch. Not just his like film art, but his actual physical art. And if you know his story, it really informs who he is. He saw something traumatic in the golden, beautiful neighborhood of the 50s. Uh, a naked woman runs into the street bloody and they're all like they're living in this poster world like that poster that's on the way to Washington Township this thing traumatized yeah. him and and it just it jarred his mind and it created this alter ego that became the David Lynch that made all these disturbing films that if you look at them they're all burrowing under the surface of Americana and once you understand mm-hmm. that about Lynch then there's a way in to understand his art. So I guess I'm supremely fascinated by Sam Esmail now and how his mind works. And that's why I don't think I fully understand. I'm not confused, but I don't understand. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I would also love to talk about the significance of 1116 really quickly. Yeah. Um, Because we didn't get a, a straightforward answer, but we, I think... 
was it Angie that you sent it in our chat that like if uh oh no it was me <laughs> if like you have the the, the hello hands white on rose clock. are you okay <laughs> <laughs> um if you have the hands on a clock saying eleven sixteen if you turn the clock upside down uh-huh. the hands are on five and nine mm-hmm. okay. And then, so that was one theory, still theorizing. And so I went down this hole of what could this, what can this group of numbers possibly mean? And I found two things that are kind of related to the show, and it's very tangentially connected. But in numerology, eleven sixteen um, is interpreted as the number for like guardian angels. So that could be the altars taking on the trauma or something. And then I was like, okay, eleven sixteen. What if that? What if that's like a Bible verse? I mean, because it's so religious on the show. Um, <laughs> but I found I legit fuck God. You mean that Bible, part? <laughs> I found a Bible verse in in Hebrews eleven sixteen that it says, instead they were longing for a better country, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for He has prepared a city for them. So I'm like, can that be connected to the dream world? Like this alternate world that Y-Rose has been talking about? I don't know. I'm I'm more leaning, obviously, on the clock being on, you know, the five and nine hands. Um, I'm just, how it relates to the dream world, I'm still trying to figure it out. I think you certainly cleared up something for me that I've just, I've just been reeling. Well, Sam did, and you just nailed it home, is that when they're in the, the prison Bible study room and, Mr. Robot says to Elliot, you know, you're supposed to be my God. And I was always like, what? I've always been like, what about that moment? What do you mean you're supposed to be his God? I don't understand this relationship. Um, And then when these things started becoming clear, the mastermind at the end, I was like, so many things. So that kind of drives that home for me. Mm -hmm. But then that Michael Christopher article in The Hollywood Reporter was eye-opening in that Michael Christopher said to Sam Esmail, you've written the Iliad. And he was like, what? So I don't know if he's conscious of some of these things. Let's get him on the podcast. Let's get him on. Sam, always (laughs) welcome. You can come on here and call us all dickheads. We would love you to darlene us. It would be great. (laughs) Well, I'm not speaking for the rest of you. I would personally find it fine to be called a dickhead. The rest of you might just be ready to sue. I have the most important question I think that we're going to ask on this uh, this particular podcast. And did they create the relationship between um, Angela and uh, Elliot on strictly from Trump- Tumblr and uh, publicity photos? Or do you think they were in the same room? Angie, you said something funny about how like the person that like photoshopped all of those pictures got fired or something. <laughs> they weren't expecting to do that kind of photoshopping. <laughs> they they got they got the photos like the night before the edit goes out. <laughs> I don't they know downloaded what downloaded Adobe Photoshop. That was they don't very, know what they're doing. Yeah. Right. They're watching YouTube tutorials. <laughs> I would actually decipher a bunch of Q codes and binary numbers and get a red wheelbarrow menu just to really just know the answer to that. So if anybody knows Hit me up. When he's when um, Elliot's FaceTiming Angela, he's really looking at his Oscar. Burn. That's why he was all that's why he got all Freddy like on. That's so funny. Exactly. Nice burn, Angie. Nice burn. I like that one. Any kind of other theories? Any kind of other I mean, look, I I just watched five Easter egg kind of 
videos and went on a deep dive with my friends on Reddit. And they were, they just said so many things. I said, hey, I got to stop talking to you guys. My head's going to explode. <laughs> I, and also, this is not a podcast where Lisa reads Reddit. So, you know, that's aside from you can go and deep dive on this show and, and people will find it later. Hopefully the sacred texts of uh, Reddit are still easily available to people. Uh, and, and I do believe that it's the gift that will keep on giving. People will discover it later, and we'll all be sitting around. Somebody goes, oh, my God, have you seen this show called Mr. Robot? And it'll be five years from now, and all of our beards will be old and gray and down to our knees, and we'll go, well, let me just tell you. Don't you be wasting your time with no time machine. I'm just telling you right now. Um, we'll so be I, like 90. Yes. And they're like, where can we find the answers? We'll, like, we'll be like, well, off the 405, you can go like... <laughs> <laughs> I'll we'll be like 90 yeah it'll be like a whole thing I, I, I still think I think it changed television whether television knows that it's been changed or not um, I yeah. think it's a standard by which I do measure other shows mm -hmm. um, that's fair like Schitt's Creek is redefining some things for me Game of Thrones redefined some things for me other shows did too and I think what he did was important. Whether you loved or hated the ending or wherever it landed, there's no denying, as Ian was saying earlier, that it's it's changed the game. And if you want to come to play, yeah. this is this is the level in my book. I can't sit down and watch stuff before. It doesn't hold my attention. And so good news for me. I have freed up a bunch of well, free time in 2020 looking at a lot of the previews <laughs> of the stuff. I'm like, nope and nope and nope to that and <laughs> nope. So... Well, this is exactly what I was telling you when I was watching Game of Thrones. I felt like I kept saying, like, I'm measuring every and whether you think this is fair or not or whatever. But like once you experience something of such a high caliber, it's really hard for other shows to meet th those interests and yeah. to meet those standards. And you start watching things differently. And I I totally do that with Mr. Robot as well. And also Schitt's Creek has redefined what a comedy sitcom can do or what it, what it, it should be striving for. Um but I do, I do have a couple of, of questions slash postulations slash theories that we can keep talking about. Um, this one's just an observation, but when uh, Mastermind goes into the apartment building and everything is different, but the locks are the same and his key still works. Ian Notice pointed that. this out when we were watching it and I was like, I what? was watching it and I audibly went, the key. <laughs> the key is in the I room. That was interesting. No, the key just literally opens the room. <laughs> Also, look at his first instincts. Is like, I'm gonna kill this bitch, and he kills like the <laughs> the Mister Rogers version of himself. I'm like, ooh, this dude is dork. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Um, does anyone else find it weird that the earthquake that like knocks out CEO Elliot and Angela calls him right after, but she doesn't acknowledge the earthquake? Right. Doesn't even mention it. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought that's why she was calling. She was like, oh my god, another earthquake. Like, she doesn't acknowledge it. And we know it's not just, like, centralized because she felt it at the beginning of the day. Yeah, I don't know. The whole... Was he stopped? Was this the moment of... Was the crash, the, 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 the explosion in Washington Township, and he's now in this coma? Mm. I think so. Because mm. 1116, everything halts, pauses. Mm -hmm. Yep. That's the last time he is aware is 1116. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. I can buy that. Because in Exit, um, White Rose's clock, or clock, her watch beeps and the machine starts. And that could have been 1116. 
mm-hmm. and that's why it kept showing up on her watch and all throughout the show. I could buy that. I think that works. Um, I want to talk about these sketches that C.L. Elliot is making, like this comic book of just just stuff that's bleeding into Mastermind's world. Um, the other personalities seems like are able to watch passively through the eyes of whichever personality is in control. And it seems like Mastermind made sure that the real Elliot couldn't do that. Is that where we think we where that is at i don't like he purposefully kept him out of that theater i don't understand the creep here i don't understand the where where things are leaching or not i'm still kind of knocked for a loop of the cartoon sketches out of mobley and trenton and romero and yeah because that and i'm like sam you know what you just did you just created a whole bunch of tin foil hoodies of people going wait a minute (laughs) Did he create those dudes? Because, you know, we we spent four years hearing, like, Darlene's an altar, Tyrell's an altar, and none of those theories are bad. They were bad at the time. They're, they still, up until the very end, they were all plausible. But now, in the, in the 11th hour, and you're explaining your story, you have these sketches. I don't understand how this trade-off works either. So that's something that's on the ponder list. It was also kind of like, well, because this, this Elliot in the dream world is not what the real Elliot is like, right? Right. It's, no, he's, he's just being—he's just being informed of how to act. Because, like, if you go back to Exit and you watch how the dream world is set up and how he wakes up, and Angela's like, "Oh yeah, you had that presentation today, right?" And real Elliot goes, "Oh yeah, I do have that thing." So it's like everything in this world is like reminding him of how he should be acting. But is it? I mean, I don't. The real Elliot still carries all of that trauma, so I don't... Not to say that people can live normal lives with trauma, but I'm just like, I don't know where 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 do things begin and where do things end? Yeah, I'm, I, was, I was having a hard time understanding the partition myself. I, I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know. It was one of those rabbit holes, think, and I'm like, I'm going to stay away from that, so... And this real Elliot still knows how to code and hack and all of that. So he's not too far off. We're, sorry, Angie, what were you going to yeah. say? No, no um, one quick thought I had about the sketches was that was Mastermind's way of manipulating the real Elliot's conscience of manipulating him him to believe that that these people are just characters that he created. Oh, okay. Because he's trying to he's trying to narrate his story and his life for him to to forget about the trauma that he had as a child. Mm. So all okay. these people that's happening in the real Don't life over he, here mastermind is creating stories mm. for mm-hmm. him to keep him at bay because mastermind wants to be the one in control. He wants to be the mastermind. There once it. was a that's guy named DJ Mobley who lived yeah. in a wow okay okay see i'm so forest for the trees sometimes i need this help i'm glad we're having this this time but so so what do we think about let's talk about tyrell so why do we think that mastermind made tyrell that way i feel like if i'm being like gaslit in this fake world tyrell just sticks out like a sore thumb i mean like he's not in he's not acting like an angel or anything and he's like troubled and like we- he's like weary i'm like why did he make tyro that way he seemed like you a, mean in the, uh, in the dream world yeah yeah he seemed like a yeah. blend of gideon and elliot so 
Well, and there's that one episode when they, um, the one when they're in the forest and they're having that conversation and Elliot is really realizing that Tyrell is just like him, right? So like, doesn't he make, uh, Tyrell makes that, he clarifies that I, you think I like dressing up like this and he wants, mm-hmm. he says, I'm really a lot more like you than you think. So now as he's dreaming this and he's creating this narrative for the, for sweater Elliot, um, he said, oh, this is really what Tyrell is really like. He's really more like you. So here's the hoodie we're going to put on him and make him look like Hoodie Elliot. I'll buy that all day but long. The, yeah, but this Tyrell, I felt like, was not cynical. He, he felt tired and paranoid. I don't know. Again, I felt like there was a leeching of the mind here, of the, 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 the core baseline, kind of putting infusing his worry into somebody else, possibly somebody else carrying the burden of, of what's out there in the world beyond this cynical, perfect world, the cynical uh-huh. veneer. I took that to mean that he was going to be the bug of this world. You know, not necessarily the mastermind, but the bug that's like, are you sure it's going to be okay? Yeah. And I feel like it also might have something to do with the fact that mastermind is now in this world. I mean, because we don't see, I mean, apart from the vision, the the dream sequence in season one where Mr. Robot says, you fell into this world accidentally. We don't see what this world actually is before Mastermind gets into it. So maybe he's not like that in in before then. I don't know. Well, yeah, it's you're like he's something. losing control of, of his program. Because Mr. Robot says repeatedly to Mastermind, like, this is not what we were meant to do. Like, he's trying to pull him back every single time. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, he's just kind of getting sucked in. I think it's the whole that control part of being a hacker, maybe. I don't I don't know. Um, because he's what Mastermind is just doing is he's hacking Elliot's. He's trying to hack everybody else's personality and trying to really take over. Yes, he is. Mm. He is, okay. and he's he's gotten out of control, which is why these which is why these earthquakes are happening because because baseline Elliot sweater Elliot is now like waking up and and there's there's some kind of rage or anger in it trying to stop mastermind and that's what all these earthquakes are representing. Well, and I have to give a shout out to you, Lisa, because we were completely glossing over this, but the other one is mastermind, and. When that reveal dropped in the second episode that there is another one, you said that this other one was the personification of the rage Elliot feels. And that's exactly what they say in the episode. So props to you. Just the blackness um, and the darkness. Thank you. I, I just felt that strongly. But I don't think that I'm the only person who's made that point. I don't want to say I own anything in this universe. They don't belong to me. But it's what I kept <laughs> feeling in reverberation yeah. of, Yeah. I want to I want to put this question to to Erica and Angie because I kind of already know what Lisa and Ian feel about it. But what do you think about ultimately Tyrell's character where it ended? Like, how do you guys feel about that? I feel like it was closure for him. He did all he could and he just realized this world isn't for me. He lost his wife, his child. I don't know. Angie? Uh, I don't really have a thought on Tyrell. I thought he was, I didn't really follow him. So I don't really have an opinion on him. I, I guess I agree with Erica that he really did, <clears throat> had just nothing to, to live for. 
anymore. So he was going to just go peacefully on his own and just accept what was about to happen to him. Do you think if the fake world had gone on long enough that Sweater Elliot would have had like Tyrell as a side piece? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Because, I mean, there's a lot of Tyrellian people who are still reeling today, and we need to be sensitive to their feelings. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. There are a lot of people who are invested in this. It, I'm not saying it wasn't, I'm not saying this like, oh, it was my jam. I wasn't, my mind wasn't focused there, but there was a lot of people who were like, they felt, you know, hosed at the drive through. So. And all that I, I feel is, like know. I'm a I'm a I'm a pretty passive Tyrellian shipper. I guess I'm a passive shipper in general. Like it doesn't fuel a lot of my thoughts about how I feel about a show. But I don't know. I think I mean like the reason that I kept insisting that Tyrell was still alive is that I feel like that couldn't be it for him. I feel like much how I feel about Joanna, Ty, uh, Tyrell was was being built up to have a massive role in how this thing panned out. And I almost feel like that the show didn't quite know what to do with him, that it had to spend so much time on Elliot, making sure that that final twist at the end really felt like a payoff, that he kind of fell to the wayside. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, all his death accomplished was the, the, the day's group meeting falling through. Which, I mean, it's your opinion whether that's a big thing or a small thing in the grand scheme of things. I feel like, you know, it's somewhere in the middle. They would have figured something else out. Um, But even if Tyrell, he could have done that of his own volition to help Elliot bring down White Rose, setting up this whole thing about him being the new CEO and then him being like, I'm not going to show up and I'm going to do something to help take down this person. So I don't know. I mean, like, I'm not bitter about it, but I'm, again, just questioning, like, is that really where the character was meant to be going all this time? It felt very strange because I felt like the show was a rocket ship, right? It came from out of nowhere. It was soaring toward the strata. And and, the, and all of these things in, in this last season started falling away. And when Tyrell, the Tyrell piece fell off the rocket as it headed off into the <laughs> deep space, I'm like, oh, people are not going to like this because I feel like that's it. And everybody were hoping upon hope, but I just knew it in my heart. I'm like that's how he's going to peace out. Well, Andre just said Yikes. something about like Tyrell, <laughs> his only purpose was to not show up at the dais group. Right. Um, I, 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 I don't know about that because I don't think Price was ever going to show up at the dais group either. He was going to be well, killed. Well, no, I mean, when, when, and what they, happened... And they need all members to be there to vote for a new CEO. So I don't think... I, I they were meeting in AFK. I don't think that that White Roses was ever going to do anything with Tyrell. No? I don't know. I just, it doesn't, when I think about it that way, because they made a point of saying that all members have to be present to vote, right? And when she's sitting with uh, um, Price in that room, in that big hallway, she was like, we were just going to have you go home. You're going to have a, take a, take a, 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 a pill or some poison and you were going to drift off and that was going to be it. With well, you. I mean, here, here's what I mean about, about Tyrell being the final piece. Cause I mean, they were all gathered in the same place because they were doing that vote for Tyrell to be the new CEO, which led to them 
you know, being stuck in that alley and people seeing who they actually were and that being the starting piece of finally taking down sure. White Rose and the Deus group. And even that, I will admit, is stretching it because you're but because these these two things, Tyrell's death and this Deus group meeting happen with like what? six episodes between them i don't remember when that episode was like five or six episodes so it's kind of like i get it but if you wanted the same stakes and the same thing to happen i felt like if you gave tyrell the option and the decision of the agency to make that decision i feel like it would have paid off a little bit more and i wouldn't feel so hollow about how his character arc ended i don't know there was a lot of strangeness that happened, like the whole Sharon Knowles thing, her husband. Hey, what's the point? There was a lot of things like that where I was like, and this is not a guy who's trying to fill episode to episode. He's, it's not an episodic no. show. It didn't feel like filler at the time, but now I'm looking back and going, God, is this fucking filler? I don't know. That's just the way I feel. I don't it. think that Sam like writes filler, so I'm like, I feel, is, it, is there something that we're missing? Do I need I'm, to go? I'm definitely obviously missing something. Digging through some piles. But the Tyrell question has been bugging me for a minute. So I, I don't know. He's a re reincarnated Icelandic deer running through Central Park right now. <laughs> I have to say about Tyrell, though. And um, Elliot is part of his therapy because he's all going to be crunked up for like, you know, for a while as it goes and pets the deer and talks to him <laughs> in Central Park. Just trying to help. Just trying to help. I was, I was like the biggest fan of the not suit Tyrell. Any other Tyrell, you know, mountain man Tyrell. But any yeah. other Tyrell without the suit, he I was like... didn't like Sam's vampire because he created him as like a steel... Yeah. He's, he's basically... He's a Blade Runner uh, homage on oh. uh, Tyrell Corporation. They were the evil corporation <laughs> in the, the that world. So, yeah. I didn't understand him. I'm And maybe I'm just dumb. I mean, I went to Alabama public school, so you know, I'm not going to be getting any PhDs anytime soon. So I also have to bring up that I, I did say when we were talking about this throughout the season that... Sam is very unconventionally ending these character arcs because this whole whole show has been about reality and fantasy. And sometimes in the real world, there aren't character arcs that are that are tied up in a neat bow. I understand that. So that's where I'm I'm at with both sides. I and that just kind of fuels my ambivalence with the the ending in general. So I do I do have to point that out because I did say that. So yeah. It's cool. We good. Any other thoughts? I mean, seriously, if, if everybody wanted to listen to a seven-hour podcast, we could keep going. Uh, <laughs> but unless we have anything else, do we have anything else to say? Do you have more notes on this? We good. I actually have two things. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. So, okay. no, let me so, cut off the meeting. The... She's like, wait, I'm not done. I'm not done. Don't take the Danishes <laughs> really away. Like... <laughs> Don't take the chocolate donuts away. <laughs> so one of the things I think, was it episode nine? When they're all inside Elliot's or yeah, Elliot's head, and uh, Mr. Robot says how he woke up for Darlene two months ago when she spoke about Vera. So real Elliot heard this information. It was just like okay, whatever. And then he went back, and then Mastermind took over. So he did but pop he just, out for a minute, yeah, didn't he? I guess so, yeah. He did pop out. Why? Because Vera showed up in that. Why did he appear for Vera, guys? Oh. That that means he what he must have been there in season one, when he first met Vera and, and he's saw sitting the threat. back in the seat. 
You know, or just sitting when he, back in Shayla's apartment for that one second. It was ah, or the the walk in when he when 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 um, Vera's uh, harassing Shayla at the sidewalk, and he's like, "What's going on here?" Yeah, Is, could that have been the real Elliot? And then when they're phasing, when Darlene and Cisco and Dar- and Cisco's apart. Oh no, no. So yeah, that's a that's a really interesting point. That's a great observation. Yeah. Okay. And then the second thing is just about the experience. So sound, I love music and everything. So I really, really appreciated the David Lynchian footsteps running after Angela. That and then oh, yeah. the nod the nod to after hours when he's packing up the other Elliot and the blood is showing and you hear that after hours music. Yes. I love that. And then the um, what Matt Quell did when he's pretty much hacking himself on the computer, that creepy music. I, I yes I <laughs> so I was watching this episode in the dark in my living room and when that stuff was popping up it's very easy to spook me out but like I was like okay I have to turn on a light or something I, I know, feel right? very <laughs> it's kind of like if if anyone has seen Mindhunter season two oh, yeah. when they find the um they go to the crime scene where where Bill's son has like crucified this toddler and like there's this weird sound thing that the composer is doing it like and it creeped me out and i had to pause the episode like i'll finish watching it in the morning because i'm creeped out now i felt the exact same way and just the way that the sketches apologies were, like, drawn. for spoiling anything that Creepy. happened in season yeah. two of mindhunter by the way but continue it's, <laughs> it's not a spoiler um but no i felt the exact same way i feel i felt very creeped out i was like what's what's going on it was I don't very know. I just unsettling felt, yeah 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 very well noticed the sound cues in general, the music in general, but specifically, it, the song of him going down the hallway to the Sunken Place Theater that I'm never going to visit. Um, I'll never be able to listen to the song again. Uh, I'm going to find that piece of music and I'm going to block it in the universe because <laughs> it just it, it's associated with this soul crushing thing. I know it's good that he goes back in there. I don't want him to go back in there. I'm all, you know, and then the music that was the, the sound cues and the music was playing when he's standing on the beach going, who am I? Yeah. <laughs> and then the moment when he says to Darlene, I'm not real. I, all of that. I just can't. Anything that's associated musically and sound cue around those moments. I'm just like, I'm going to avoid for a while. Just going to. I want to watch Survivor all 40 seasons for the, you know. <laughs> <laughs> also the Mr. Roboto intro that everyone loved. Loved oh, yeah. it. Yeah. 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 Joyful, wonderful. I'm like, you'd finally did it. Yeah. You finally I thought they were gonna pull a fast one and end the show with the theme from iRobot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just to wrap it around, go, we're starting with Mr. Roboto. We're gonna end it with the theme from iRobot. Here we go. Um I really love how they had uh, the Mr. Roboto song fade into the car that drove by. Yes. Instead of just kind of fading it into the scene, it made it into the the muffled sound. That was really cool. And the cars Mm -hmm. were very interesting to me in the whole dream sequence. Um, Mm -hmm. And I'm like spiraling on the whole timing of this all. And And then I snap back and realize, okay, the time doesn't matter here because... 
he everything that's in this dream sequence is based off a memory that he's ever had in his life. But it's like, the, so we, you know, Erica and I were like researching, when was the last time there was a Friday on May 9th? And it was, you know, 2000, are we in 2014 or are we in 2025? And then I looked up, when was the first Tesla car sold? <laughs> so there was all this trying to figure out, it's 2008, by the way, um, trying to figure out the timing. So what, what, what year do you think that, in. Yeah, where is he? Yeah. Where is I was trying to figure this out too, and I was looking looking at your impressive timeline, and I'm like, that, your guess yeah. is way better than mine. The seeing the Tesla. I mean, didn't there, the really... show take place between 2014 and 2015? And again, I feel like we're, we're. I think that I think the models and makes of the of these things and this information is that it's constantly updated, updating. It's glitching. Mm -hmm. It's present. It's past. It's future. It's everywhere. It's. Yeah. I mean, all you need is just sort of a side glance of something. And now I want to tie that all back into Andre's theory that he dug up about the DIDs and the other, these other conditions. Man. Also, I love the use of the actor who played little Darlene in the dream sequence mm -hmm. to come back and be like, I'll ask my old neighbor, Kimmy, here. And she's like, Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> is that What's the up, same dude? actor it's the same actor it yeah it's the same girl yeah. she grew up cool yeah she grew up interesting she was and she was singing frere jaca when she walked up and yeah. i'm like what modern day kid knows frere jaca I also, what period of time are we in i also thought it was i also thought it was very unsettling when when police cop dom is like looking at the id and she's like i'm sorry sir what is this i asked for your id and mastermind's like that's my id and he's like this person looks nothing like you i was like interesting yeah wow because they're yeah, I I loved these nods to it. I also felt bad, you know, uh, for Dom being busted down to street cop. No offense against law enforcement, I'm just saying she was an ASAC. Busted yeah. her down to a street cop, Elliot. She's not even in the FBI anymore. Right. Damn. Um. I also kind of have a a question of like, how much do the the Aldersons have spent this week of Christmas? separate but together at certain times there's a virtual realty hack there's the getaway car that darlene drives and all these kinds of moments but i feel like how are they sharing information like i feel like there's a whole they didn't ha they haven't physically had time in the real real world where mastermind lives to share information about like where well, dom is right Right. And this is what I was was saying is that I feel like this movie theater is just them watching whatever's happening and whoever's in control. Oh, <clears throat> I think I've been so in denial is about that, that room. I haven't that's studied what I took it away from it. Yeah, that's what it looks like. It's the upload. It's the it's the viewing room. And that's why he it's wakes up. That's it's why he wakes room. up going, oh, yeah. shit. <laughs> I'm like, oh, fuck. Yay. Nine percent. One percent is. Like, oh, God. <laughs> Uh, and she just pulls out a bag of morphine. She's also very tender toward her brother. You know, that was... Oh, my God. What did what do we think that um, Carly had to go in and, and do an ADR in the last minute? I was looking for it. It was very distracting. Hello, Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> right. She says it to camera. I mean, you can, you can recreate that one pretty easily. Yeah, maybe hello, hello, Elliot. I think I think Erica. Oh yeah, they it. could they could pull a how they did with like the Obama thing in season two, where they just like VFX his mouth. Because Darlene, like, because Holly was, was like, cable hello, TV, Elliot. 
<laughs> and they were like, maybe not go out that way. You got to go back into ADR. And she's like, fine. That was like second unit. And then Sam watches it and he's like, um, okay, <laughs> we'll take it. <laughs> What's the one thing everybody took away from this show overall? Not, not the finale when talking about the show. What's the one thing it gave you that you didn't have before? Confidence. Nice. What it gave me? Yeah. Like in terms of, I mean, it's one of those shows where I watch it and it makes me want to like write. That too. How about you? It gave me a whole lot of other actors to to, to watch. Mm. I want to follow mm-hmm. some of these careers and see what they do. I mean, that was the best part of this the series for me was True. just the performances. Yeah. You know, phenomenal. Andy. Uh, it gave me that little itch in the back of my head <laughs> to really not everything is um, a face value, right? Like you really, there's always something, there's always a reason. That's I love that scene when he's just really, it goes from day to night. That's every deep diver right there. Mm-hmm. Day to night, looking, 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 where is it? Where, where can we find? And there it is. And it kind of gave me that, um, that's kind of how I see everything now. Every anyone that I meet or anything I'm about to get into for work or anything, I always do like a full deep dive to make sure that it's the right situation for me. I love these. I think for me, it's uh, fuck. I don't know. I think the biggest thing is I felt like I met a fellow weirdo because the thing I'm writing on my own for myself to put out into the world this next year. I felt like here's a guy who didn't follow anybody's fucking rules and he's telling the story that way he wants to. And I'm doing that with my story before this was on this track. So it made me, it was comforting to know that I, if there's, that there's at least one other weirdo nerd at the table with me. My story has nothing to do with Mr. Robot. It's not even similar. I don't have the same tone, but it just, it was nice to, to go, yeah, do it your own way, no matter how it lands tell your own story and tell it true uh, and stay true to yourself. So that, I think that's one of my biggest takeaways. I also really got into uh, backpacks. I think that first year <laughs> yeah. I was out looking for Elliot's backpack all over the place. And then I was trying to look for the purple Jansport and found it. And uh, it, it made me feel really good about being the kind of antisocial asshole that I can be. It made me feel good about like, I'm kind of a dick and it's now it's hot on this show. Yeah. Woo me. Love black. Um, I find people to be corny. I'm not a big toucher. Um, I'm not Elliot. I'm, I'm like sort of, I am Elliot. I'm a redneck, uh, fucked up version and mastermind as well. I'm sorry guys. This is it. But I felt I really related. I think a lot of us related to Elliot in all of our different ways. But my first year was like, hey, this is this is cool. Awesome. You know, so I felt, uh, you know, welcome to that kind of uh, pocket of the world, too. So I appreciated that. Mm -hmm. And being challenged. Um, Any other observations before we step on out of this? It's hard to say goodbye. There's real no proper way to say goodbye. And like I said, I'm far from ever going to be able to, I'm not there yet. It, it It's not going to work right now for me because I'm not ready to say goodbye, but um, I appreciate you guys coming along this journey with me at least. So any other on the way out? No, I'm good. Oh, this was great. Lots of really good questions and lots of different, um, we all kind of 
represent everybody's thoughts about the show. And I think there is some intention with the writers and with Sam Esmail. And this is something that people are going to be talking about and creating their own stories out of it for a really long time. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So many people who related to this character and the characters on the show to each other, the gift Mm -hmm. that keeps on giving. Erica, any final thoughts on Mr. Robot? I want to thank Andre for what he said about those sounds that came up from the different seasons. I didn't even think about that. So thank you. Oh, you're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) He's always, you know, this is what Andre does. He brings these these delightful gifts to the the room. (laughs) Otherwise, it would just be me over here riffing and nobody would listen to this. Sorry, the puppy's back. Someone just rang my bell. I think they're dropping off. All right. Well, there you go. The puppy's back. And that's what we're going to leave on the puppy (laughs) flippers back. I hope you're having a good day, flipper. Speaking of dogs. And uh, we will see you on the other side of this. Uh, And yeah, we love you. And uh, happy new year. We'll be back with an end of decade podcast. Stand by for that. And goodbye, everybody. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.